0: Welcome to the Truth Labyrinth Podcast. I am your host, J.R. Everhart from Restoration Ministries. This week, we look into Celebrate Recovery's step study program titled The Journey Begins. Uh, Celebrate Recovery is a Christian 12-step program. Uh, The step study series is a 26-lesson deep dive into the steps. We kind of take the steps and and tear them apart and put them under the microscope and take a look at how they can better apply to our hurts, habits, and hangups in life. Um, This is not a replacement for face-to-face meetings, so please go to your local Celebrate Recovery meeting and get involved in a face-to-face step study. Trust me, it will change your life. You will hear me say that over and over throughout this teaching series. So you can go to CelebrateRecovery.org and do a search in your area, and you will find a Celebrate Recovery in your area. They are literally everywhere. There's thousands of those uh, operating in churches all over the country. So uh, make sure you strap in and hold on because this is going to be a wild ride. It's going to get bumpy, it's going to be clumsy, and it's going to be uncomfortable at times, but the benefits far outweigh the discomfort that we deal with as we look inside the mirror of God's Word and our behavior. So you do not want to miss a second of this teaching series. Hi, I want to talk to you for a second about my company, COP Audio. COP Audio has been a leader in the mid Atlantic since about the mid-90s with all forms of production work, um, both inside the church and outside the church. Uh, we're well-known for our mobile audio services and production services for live concerts and festivals. Um, but we also have just as rich of a history inside the church scene. Uh, church production has definitely been a passion of mine since I became a, a Christian in 1994. Um, I have worn many hats during this time inside of um you know, the church scene you know things like having to be light designer and video producer teacher you know training staff uh, I've been tech director at a couple different churches um, it's something that I've always been very passionate about and genuinely felt like it was part of my Christian ministry um, I've trained personally dozens and dozens of tech people and tech staff uh, throughout the mid-atlantic I've traveled around and done uh, sound reinforcement workshops and av workshops um, on site with the church tech teams that i'm working with trying to help them get the best out of the systems that they have in place so you know give us a call check us out uh, we'd love to help out your church we'd love to maybe even talk to you about uh, doing a system upgrade or an install um, maybe you just need someone to come in and make sense of the gear that you have that's my specialty you know and i've been doing that for many many years so uh, check us out online at copaudio.com that's copaudio.com uh, be sure to check out and like our facebook page clp audio just search cop audio on facebook uh, be sure to read our reviews on the facebook page there's a lot of reviews on there from our clients and um I think it'd give you some some perspective on who we are as a company. So, again, online, clpaudio.com, clpaudio.com. All right, welcome back. We are in lesson three, Hope, this week. Um, If you haven't figured it out by now, I am going to kind of rapid fire these lessons at you every day or every other day maybe every three days something like that and burn through these 26 episodes in the next uh hopefully four to six weeks you know something like that um because after that once the weather breaks my schedule gets absolutely insane um and it's going to be tough to get in here and finish this up and i want to make sure that i get this out as a resource before warm weather gets here so uh Be patient with me as we dive through these because I am basically just opening up my study materials that I have used countless times before to teach this series uh, and not really doing a whole bunch of advanced study, which I think is super cool because that kind of opens the door for God to do some awesome things here and uh, maybe gets my big rear end out of the way. So I am just basically reading these lessons right out of the step study books Uh, you can grab these books on Amazon for about $30 or there are four books, uh, for the journey begins series. There's four more books, uh, which I think is five, six, seven, and eight for the journey continues. Uh, I'm going to try to do the journey continues, uh, next season. So uh, yeah, like if you want to buy the books and kind of follow along, that's super cool. But like I said in the intro, this is not a replacement for a face-to-face meeting. This is just kind of a supplement to that. But um, you know, if you if you've never heard of this program and you're just kind of stumbled across this podcast uh, in your search for something about Celebrate Recovery and don't have these books or have never been through a step study, I would highly recommend that you uh, you know, grab the books. And don't freak out because they, they did some changes and some revisions to this over the last, yeah you know, I don't know, six or eight years or something. Um, maybe not even that long. Maybe like three to five years where they've kind of moved some of the lessons around. So lesson three in my book is Hope Uh, Lesson three might be admit in your book. You know, hope might be lesson four. It's not a huge difference. The material itself is exactly the same. I don't know if it was a typo or if they just felt one lesson was better presented before the other after they had already sent thousands of these books out. But I I have been in situations in my face-to-face meetings where some of the guys had newer versions of the book or maybe they were older versions of the book where the lessons weren't exactly as they were in my books. So don't freak out if uh, lesson three in your book is not hope flip to the next lesson or, or two and you'll probably find hope there um it's all good god's gonna make it all good so yeah so hope let me uh let's see we're, we're moving out of principle one step one into principle two step two i earnestly believe that god exists that i matter to him and that he has the power to help me recover. recover Happier those who mourn, for they shall be comforted, Matthew 5, 4. And then step two, which is, We came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. That's Philippians 2, 13. Listen, guys, you can get in any 12-step program in America and they're all going to tell you that there is a spiritual component to recovery. Uh, Some of them call it the the God of your knowledge. You know, don't get yourself hung up on on that kind of stuff. Inside of Celebrate Recovery, uh, inside of this podcast and my personal, you know, viewpoints on recovery, uh, I am going to unapologetically identify my higher power as Jesus Christ I believe that He was the Son of God, He died for our sins, and it's only through faith in Him that we are going to uh, gain access to heaven, not by our behavior, but by what He did. Now our behavior should be a reflection of that conversion, don't get me wrong, and we'll dig into that as we go through the uh, step study series here. But you know, this lesson is really about getting us to a place where we can you know, come to believe in that faith in christ like i said every other 12-step program identifies you know that there's a spiritual component of this because there's a huge spiritual component in all this uh AA originally started out in 1935 i think it was um as a christian-based program they kind of watered down the terminology because they wanted to make it a little more seeker friendly for people who were maybe uncomfortable with the labels of Christianity uh, to begin with, but most people that I have met from AA or even NA uh, or Al-Anon that have been in the program, you know, for an extended period of time, like say a couple decades, I've never met one of those. I'm sure there's some that exist, but I have personally never met anybody from those groups with that kind of time under their belt who weren't, a believer in jesus christ uh the the digger you di- you you know the deeper you dig into this my dyslexia is kicking my rear end already already um yeah the, the deeper you dig into this the more you realize just how much of this is spiritual and how much of this uh is about having faith in christ you know principle one it starts off with earnestly believe that's talking about faith Uh, in step two it says we came to believe that's talking about faith Um, and hope is the foundation of faith the def, the biblical definition of faith is in Hebrews 11 1 it says faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen hope is the foundation of that faith so uh, let me go to the leaders guide here real quick and kind of just give you an opening paragraph about this. In the first principle, we admit it we were powerless. Uh, it is through this admission of our powerlessness that we are able to believe and receive God's power to help us recover. We do not we do need to be careful though not to just cover the bottomless pit of our hurts, hang-ups, and habits with layers of denial or with um, some kind of quick fix. Listen, guys, I, I tell my people all the time, this is not an overnight sensation. And man, everybody wants to come in and number one, dictate their own recovery, which you can't do that because if you could figure it out, you wouldn't be here in the first place. Um if you could figure it out on your own, you wouldn't be here in the first place. You, you need connection and other people to help you through this. And then the other thing is is they want to come in and, and get some, you know, some quick fix truth that gives them about 5% of freedom from their issues and to maybe prove to someone in their life that they're serious about changing and then right out the door they go. Uh, they may come in long enough to actually go through a step study series. I've seen this dozens of times where people have just come in They've set through, a, you know, they've come to Celebrate Recovery for let's say two or three months, or maybe even less. Technically, according to the the charter rules of Celebrate Recovery, you're supposed to have three months of regular attendance and a track record of sobriety before you get into the Step Study series. I know a lot of people bend those rules to try to get Step Study going because a lot of good stuff happens in Step Study. But I've seen people come in. Go to CR, hit a step study course for six or nine months, you know, really find some genuine freedom, peel a layer of the onion off, you know, from that step study series, and then go right out the door thinking that they're fixed. And 99.8% of the time, those people end up back in our, uh, our program within six months to three years because this isn't a quick fix. Recovery is a lifestyle. And faith in Christ is a lifestyle, and that's kind of what we're going to talk about here today. Um, It's in the second principle that we come to believe God exists and that we are important to Him, and that we are able to find the one true higher power, Jesus Christ. We come to understand that God wants to fill our lives with His love, His joy, and His presence so to our study guide here it opens up with a scripture from hebrews eleven six. anyone who comes to god must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him think about that statement that's a heavy duty scripture right there he rewards those who earnestly seek him notice how it says he that he doesn't reward those who like do everything right and it's perfect all the time that's not what this is saying this is saying anyone who comes to God must believe that he exists. First of all, you have to acknowledge the existence of God and that Christ was his son and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. You know, Discipleship as a whole, and I tell guys all the time that you know this step study thing and the whole Celebrate Recovery program is just a, a 12-step structured discipleship program is all it is. You know, we're just trying to point you toward the cross and get you in a place where your dysfunction is not running your life and writing checks that you cannot cash or don't want to cash in your life with the bad decisions that you've made. So you need to understand he rewards those who earnestly seek him. This walk as a Christian is about seeking God constantly, even when we fail, even when we screw up. And we're going to dig deeper into that as we go on here. Um let's see our acrostic for hope starts with h that is higher power a higher power has a name jesus christ jesus desires a hands-on day-to-day moment-to-moment relationship with us he can do for us what what we have never been able to do for ourselves and then i have a note here luke 18 27 jesus said the things which are impossible for man are possible with god uh, there's a scripture from a Romans, let's see here, yeah, Romans eleven thirty-six, everything comes from God alone. Everything lives by his power. It's his great love, grace, and mercy that puts things into motion in our world. And then Second Corinthians twelve, nine says, Our higher power tells us, My grace is enough for you. For where there is weakness, my power is shown. The more completely, I actually talked about that scripture a little bit. I think in the uh, in the season three opener, uh, the next letter of our acrostic of hope is O, and that's openness to change. Throughout our lives, we continue to encounter hurts and trials that we are powerless to change. With God's help, we need to be open to allow those trials to change us, to make us better, and not bitter. And then Ephesians 4.23 says, Now your attitude and thoughts must all be constantly changing for the better. Yes, you must be a new and different person. And I got a whole bunch of notes around that. Uh, I highlighted the part that says we continue to encounter hurts and trials, that we are powerless to change. Guys, this is just about handing over our control freak tendencies, you know, and handing over... You know our will to him and understanding that just because we're christians and just because we're you know trying to uh, better ourselves in recovery and trying to be a better person uh, as a whole that our minds are constantly changing for the better as it says in that scripture from ephesians there um you know that that's a clumsy messy smelly you know process You know, I know guys that used to teach, and really early on in my faith, I used to say the same thing because they're kind of adolescent statements that, you know, once you come to Jesus and you become a Christian, then all your problems are solved and everything is better. Well, because we had that kind of flawed teaching is the reason why a lot of people came in, earnestly got saved, earnestly wanted to follow Christ, and then when hard times came knocking at the door, they had no coping skills in place. To be able to handle that, they didn't have a strong support system in place, um, and they didn't have physical things in their lives put into place, you know, uh, ways of thinking their way around anger, around disappointment, around depression. You know, you can hack your brain in many, many ways. Uh, We teach in recovery the disease aspect of addiction, chemical addiction, and talk about how it rewires the brain. But what I also teach on top of that, because I do believe that, is that the brain is highly adaptable, which means it can easily be, well, I don't want to say easily because sometimes it's not so easy. It can be rewired for sobriety. But it's a learned behavior It's a learned process. It does not come natural to us. So we need to develop new coping skills. We talked about that a little bit in the last podcast, about how uh, when a demon leaves a person, I think it was Matthew 24 or something, when a demon leaves a person or a spiritual you know, oppression leaves a person, they go into dry places and can find no rest, so they say, I'll go back to my... The, my home where I came from, and they come back and find it empty and swept and clean, and then they grab seven more you know evil spirits and bring them in, and then the person's worse off in the end than what they were in the beginning. Well, that's because your house can't be empty and swept and clean. Swept and clean is cool, but empty is not cool. You got to put things in place in your life to help you better navigate the triggers that come up that uh, you know trip you up so much. The next letter of our acrostic is P, and that stands for power to change. In the past, we have wanted to change and were unable to do so. We cannot free ourselves from our hurts, hang-ups, or habits. In principle two, we come to understand that God's power can change us and our situation. Philippians 4.13 says we can do everything God asks uh, with the help of Christ who gives us strength and power. Uh, I like the King James version of that that says we can do all things through Christ that strengthens me, you know, is what it says. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Notice how it says Christ that strengthens me, not JR that strengthens me, not my pastor that strengthens me, not my sponsor that strengthens me, but through Christ. It's through understanding that we're already validated in the eyes of God through Christ's sacrifice on the cross that we don't get so focused on our dysfunction. And our failures that we don't see God trying to help us. We don't see God trying to reach into our lives and to try and pull purpose out of our problems. You know, part of that purpose is learning how to be an actor instead of a reactor. You know, learning how to reparent yourself in a way to where you don't react to everything with anger or with frustration or with sorrow and sadness and depression, Psalms 25.5 says, lead me, teach me, for you are the God who gives me salvation. I have no hope except in you. And then I had a note in here to talk about Psalms 25 in terms of change. So give me a second and let me look that up on my handy dandy iPhone Bible app. Let's see, we're in Matthew there, so let's go to Psalms. 25 and let's go get some stuff highlighted here it's almost like i was here before someone's been highlighting my digital bible so verse five says lead me by your truth and teach me for you are god who saves me all day long i put my hope in you uh let's see what else the uh, lord is good and does what is right he shows his proper path He shows the proper path to those who go astray. He leads the humble in doing right, teaching them his way. So there's like some super duty stuff right there. He shows the proper path to those who go astray. Well, we're where we are right now in this program because we feel like some part of us has gone astray. You know, well, all we have to do is ask God for wisdom and knowledge and he will give it to us. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. Then it says he leads the humble in doing right, teaching them his way. So that tells me I need to be humble. And if I'm a loudmouth, opinionated jerk, I need to shut my mouth and learn how to listen more than I talk. Uh, And then verse 16 turn me and have mercy, for I am alone in deep distress. I believe this was David, too. Yes, a psalm of David. This is David talking. David tend to be a little bit of an emotional roller coaster there. He was a musician. I'm a musician. I totally get that one hundred percent. All us musicians and artistic people are very emotionally up and down and all over the place. Uh, Turn to me and have mercy for I am alone and in deep distress. My problems go from bad to worse. Oh, save me from them all. Feel my pain and see my trouble. Forgive all my sins. Here's David's heart of repentance again. Forgive all my sins. See how many enemies I have and how viciously they hate me? Protect me, Lord. Rescue my life from them. Do not let them dis do not let me be disgraced. For you I take refuge. May integrity and honesty protect me, for I have put hope in you. Oh there's hope, imagine that. Our whole lesson today is on hope. It's almost like God is like in all this and leading us. Imagine that the guy's listening to what we're doing. I find that super groovy. So yeah, if you need to know the path to go on, if you feel like you've strayed off the the narrow path, you know, we we always talk about the narrow path and the wide path. Wide is the path of destruction, and narrow and the narrow path leads to salvation. And that narrow path leads you through a dark dark forest up over high jagged cliffs and you know the bible says we seek out our salvation in fear and trembling and what that means is we're just being very careful how we walk we're analyzing every thought that comes in our mind taking it captive and and putting it in submission to the word of god and to what god has to say about us what that means is when the enemy says you're a failure and you're worthless and no one's ever going to love you We recognize that that's that's not the culture of heaven, that is the culture of hell. That is an accusational statement from hell trying to get you to focus on all the junk the enemy wants you to focus on. We take that thought captive and we cast it down and we refuse to entertain it because it goes against what the Bible says we are. Because the Bible says that we're more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. So I'm going to get up on a soapbox and preach if I don't keep moving forward here. Uh, let see. So yeah, Philippians 4.13, we went through that. Lead me, teach me, for you are the God who gives me salvation. I have uh, no hope except in you. That was the Psalms 25 thing. The next letter to the acrostic is E, ex- expect to change. Remember, you are only on the second principle. Don't quit before the miracle happens. With God's help, the changes that you have longed for are just steps away guys i cannot stress that enough i have seen if if i start a face to face step study and got six guys in there by the time we get to you know step 4 i usually have three or four It's usually a fifty to sixty percent success rate, so that means there's a you know what thirty to forty or forty to fifty percent fail rate of guys that just get in here and it goes deeper than what they're ready to handle. I get all that. You know, God works with everybody in their own pace and their own way, but don't give up. If you just follow this program, if you just work this, it will make you a better person. I promise you that. Will all your problems be solved at the end of this? Absolutely not. I've been in this 10 years and I still have problems. Not all my problems are solved. But you know what? I'm dealing with and coping with my dysfunction and my issues way differently now than what I did 10 years ago. I have more peace, harmony, a track record of good decision making, you know, in my life now that I have never had. I have a level of contentment that I've never had before in my entire life. Because if you work the program, it works. I am sure that God who began a good work within you will keep right on helping you grow in his grace until his task within you is complete. Uh, is, is complete on the day when Jesus Christ returns. I had to turn a page to get to the rest of that scripture. That's Philippians 1.6. Guys, that is super crazy cool stuff, you know? How do we find Hope. By faith in our higher power, Jesus Christ. Hebrews 11.1, and I spoke about this a minute ago. Now, faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. It's just a different translation of the same verse I talked about earlier. And I am going to real quickly just read through the questions, not the answers, because that's going to get crazy and go crazy long but i i felt like after the last episode i didn't it was kind of going long you know and i try to keep this under an hour and sometimes it's really hard but i didn't go through the questions in the last lesson and i kind of regret that because if you're following along in a book then um you know, you should take time to go through these questions. These questions are where the rubber meets the road at the end of each of these lessons. And these are the questions that you sit around and talk about in the face-to-face meeting. Everyone will go around the room and give their answer to the question. You know, that's why the meetings usually last 90 minutes or two hours. Um, so, so Yeah. But if you don't have the books, you know, you can write these questions down and answer them on your own. But still, please connect with somebody, connect with a Christian friend or connect with your pastor or someone at your church or get on CelebrateRecovery.org and do a search in your area and find a group and go get involved in that and work out this stuff with them. Because the deeper we get into this, the more you're going to realize that, wow, this is really triggering in a good way. Because when we start picking at scabs, it can be a little bit painful. And you know the, the next couple lessons leaning us up into step four and step four is really it's really picking at the scabs. So here are the questions. Before taking this step, where were you trying to find hope? That's question one. Question two. What do you believe about God? What are some of his characteristics? Question three, how are you feeling about your heavenly father and your earthly father alike? How do they differ? There's always a connection between your views of God uh, and your views of your earthly father. I'll give you an example, and I'm not going to get crazy long on this, but um, if you had an abusive father Or a father who was even emotionally bankrupt and was just emotionally unavailable, kind of pushed you to the side your whole childhood and was just only worried about his needs. You'll tend to naturally think that's how God views you. So you need to really write this question out and journal this question a little bit and analyze how you're treating God. Because a lot of times, and I was guilty of this, you know, a lot of times We're treating God unfairly because we're hurt from what our earthly father did to us. That's something to really think about. Question four. How can your relationship with your higher power, Jesus Christ, help you step out of denial and face reality? Question five. In what areas of your life are you now ready to let God help you? And then finally, question six, what things are you ready to change in your life? Where can you get the power to change them? And before I let you go, I want to go through my leader's guide notes here and kind of chat about some of this stuff. Many people today believe their doubts and doubt their beliefs have you ever seen an idea have you ever seen love have you ever seen faith of course not you may have seen acts of faith and love but the real things the lasting things in the world are the invisible spiritual realities i think that's a heavy-duty statement and you know god's power can change us and our situation in amos chapter 2 i believe it is um he talks about restoring to us what the locust had stolen for uh, from us over the over years and years and years you know um those of us who have gotten in this journey you know in our 40s and 50s you know a lot of times the enemy will jack us up by telling us that you know, we're too old, we've made too many mistakes, we've hurt too many people, maybe we've destroyed our family, maybe we've destroyed all the relationships in our family or, or hurt our friends, you know, and things like that. But, you know, God has the power to restore all those things. And I'm going to tell you what, guys, I, if there's one thing I've seen in this program more than anything else, it's when we get to the amends process, You know, step five and six, I have seen God heal families and restore relationships with, you know, bewildered children, estranged, you know, spouses, you know, parents that they had not talked to in in decades in some cases, you know, a best friend that they hadn't talked to in decades in some cases. Um, Because when we start peeling these layers of the onion off and we get down to who we really are, You know, we're all just people who want to be loved, and when you start receiving that love and validation you're so desperate for, then we tend, a byproduct of that is we tend to want to reciprocate that love and forgiveness and grace and mercy to those around us, and sometimes it's just a matter of taking responsibility for your own actions. I'm not going to get too deep in that rabbit hole because that's later on in the series here. Uh, Christ-like actions will follow naturally as byproducts of working the principles and following the one and only higher power, Jesus Christ. That's what I just said, you know, and I just happened to look right down, and there it was in the leader's guide. Power to change comes from God's grace. You see, hope draws its power from a deep trust in God. Let me say that again. Hope draws its power From a deep trust in God. If you wanna have hope in your life, start trusting God. It's really that simple. If you wanna reignite hope in your life, give all your junk to God and start trusting Him to meet your needs. Give Him an opportunity to work in your life. Listen, guys, it's not gonna work out exactly the way you think it's gonna work out, but it will work out one way or another. It might have to get quite ugly before it gets better it's always darkest before dawn and sometimes in this process of recovery that we have to walk through the valley of the shadow of death but it says we will fear no evil because you are with me your rod and your staff comfort me my favorite part of that psalm 23 thing is he will prepare a place for me in the presence of my enemies at the table of my enemies you know, talk about shoving it in your haters face there it is But hope draws its power from a deep trust in God. Uh, And then uh, it's reassuring to know that you do not need large amounts of faith to begin the recovery process. You need only a small amount, as small as a mustard seed. That's what Jesus said, that if you just have faith as, as small as a mustard seed... You know, you will change. You will get where you're you're trying to go. All you need is that small amount of faith to affect, to affect change in your life, to begin to move the mountains of hurt, hang-ups, and habits that have been holding you back. All right, guys, I want to pray with you real quick. Because this is the lesson of salvation. This is the lesson where... We're going to make some decisions. We're going to quit blaming God for everything and open our minds and consider the fact that maybe God had very little to do with the things that hurt you in your life. Listen, I'm coming to you and I'm saying these things from someone who dealt with enormous amounts of sexual abuse and even torture in some cases in my childhood. I was bullied to a point of, at one point I had a fractured skull, ended up in a hospital because a kid slammed me up against a brick wall and school beat the tar out of me. I know what it's like to suffer, okay? I know what it's like to carry that quiet, calm of sadness. I know what that feels like. I've lived it in my own life. And what I've come to realize through... 10 years of recovery and 10 years of just earnestly seeking God with everything in me and being so desperate for his wisdom and his knowledge, being so desperate for freedom and restoration and healing in my life and being so sick of being sick that I finally realized that God didn't cause any of those things to happen. And people want to argue, well, he allowed it. Well, yeah, he had to allow free will and choice to have its place in our world. Otherwise, everything just kind of falls apart. See, God's given all of us, every human being on this planet, the ability to choose right and wrong. And when some people choose wrong, good people get hurt. Sometimes innocent children become victims of those bad people. And you say, but why won't God stop that? Because if he messes with the parameters of free will and choice, then he robs us of the ability to love. We cannot love without choice. Love is choice. Yeah, love is all the warm and fuzzy feelings and the excitement and the middle school giggles. You know, that that's all part of it. That's, you know, infatuation and that's where love, you know, grows from. But you talk to someone who's been married for 50 years, and they'll look you right in the eye and say, believe me, brother, love is a choice. You choose to be with someone, you choose to love someone no matter what. And that sort of thing is in short order in our society. Because we live in a world right now to where if you don't make me feel good, and you're not meeting all my needs, well, then screw you, brother, I'm gonna go find somebody that will. The problem with that is, is everyone is broken. Everyone, every single person on this planet is broken in some way or another. Some people hide it better than others. Some people are highly functioning. But you don't know what their thought life is like. You don't know what their world is like when they lay down at night, when all the excitement fades away when all the noise fades away, when all their friends who admire them and worship them quit telling them how wonderful they are, when those voices stop and they're left with just their own thoughts, you'd be surprised how many of them people are absolutely miserable and have no true happiness or satisfaction in their life. Look, we know money and beauty doesn't bring happiness because if money and beauty brought happiness and satisfaction... There'd be no divorce in Hollywood, and we wouldn't see these Hollywood movie stars and rock stars ODing on drugs and just blatantly killing themselves and, you know, things like that. Jim Carrey said one time, he goes, I wish everyone could be rich so they can realize that that's not where happiness is at. This is a life-and-death situation, guys. Whether you take it seriously or not, it doesn't change the reality of it being a life and death situation. Yeah, you may not die tomorrow. You may suffer in accepted misery the rest of your life because you're you're too scared to reach out for help. You're too scared to connect with a program like this. You're too afraid someone's going to label you as one of those people. Hey, that's your choice. That's your choice. God's not the author of that choice. You are. God's, God was never the author of all the pain and suffering that I had to go through in my life to get where I am today. And I lived in direct rebellion to God for about eight years, seven or eight years during my thirties. After my first divorce, I got very mad at God and I blamed God for everything. I never quit believing in God. I never walked away from the faith but I was pretty upset with him for many, many years. And I blamed him for everything. You know, I felt like, you know, I was a good little church boy at the time and, you know, volunteering at my church, you know, 20, 30 hours a week and, you know, playing on the worship team and and working in tech and doing all the things that my talents dictate that I can do. I thought somehow my good behavior would earn me the ability to never have to suffer in this world. Some of it was the jacked-up prosperity word of faith teaching I was getting at the time that was telling me and trying to convince me and had me brainwashed into thinking that God only wants good things for us, which he truly does. That is a true statement. But he's never going to come down and make a bad person make the right decision any more than he's going to make a good person make the wrong decision. That power is in our hands let me put it to you this way. The enemy is so painfully aware of the power we possess and our ability to have faith that he is constantly trying to manipulate our faith so that we'll put our faith in his lies of destruction in our life. If he can get us to believe that we're unlovable, our goose is cooked. If he can get us to believe that we're worthless, that we have no value, that no one truly loves us, no one will ever love us, we're way too broken and too dysfunctional for anyone to ever want to commit to us and and live with us and be with us long term. Look, I've been divorced three times. I know what that feels like. I know what it feels like to feel unlovable. Believe me. That monkey's been on my back more than once. But I have to take those thoughts captive and weigh them against what the Bible says about me. And the Bible says that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. That I am loved and cherished. That God loved me so much that he sent his only son to die, to be crucified, to be murdered, an innocent man, to bear the price of my sin. When Jesus was hanging on the cross, he was looking 2,000 years into the future seeing J.R. Everhart and his hurt, pain, and dysfunction. And was saying, I got you, man. I got you. All you have to do is believe that I'm enough. Believe that this sacrifice, that I am bleeding for you right now, is enough to cover your sin. And he even looks to the Father and says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He wasn't just speaking to the Roman guards that were crucifying him right there. He was speaking to all of us. Because you know what? Here's the truth, and this is a jagged little pill to swallow. We were as guilty as driving those nails in his hands as what those Roman guards were. How many times did we turn our back on him? How many times did he reach into our life, deliver us maybe in some cases, restore us, and we still relapsed and went back to our old ways in the same way a dog returns to his vomit? How many times? I remember Charlie Daniels most people don't know this about Charlie Daniels he had he was a very very devout Christian in many many ways and he put out a couple Christian albums there toward the end of his career and he had a song that said you know something to the effect that you know I picked me two out of three times and you still love me in spite of that that is the beauty of the gospel that nothing can separate us from his love that he's always asking us to come and sit down at the table and talk about it come on man don't don't look i'm not hung up on your sin that's what jesus bled for god is saying come to the table of negotiation let's sit here and let's talk about how we can get you back up on your feet and talk about how we can get you in a place where you can be the person you want to be to where you can recognize the person staring back at you every morning in the bathroom mirror I vividly remember, right before I got into recovery, becoming someone I did not even recognize anymore. My behavior was so completely out of control. I'm like, I don't even know who you are, dude. Your whole lifestyle is standing in direct conflict to your core values. What's going on with you? When God had every reason to judge me, he didn't. He offered a hand of healing. When he had every reason to give up on me, he showed me love, grace, and mercy, even when I couldn't love myself. Guys, I'm not sitting here a Christian because some slick-willy pastor talked me into walking to the altar one night and, you know, giving my life to the Lord. I'm a Christian because when I couldn't even love myself and when everyone else had given up on me, Jesus was there saying, I'm still here trying to be your friend, dude. Let's sit down. Let's talk about this. Let's try to put a plan together that can get you one step at a time to a place where you can be proud of who you are again, to where you can have peace and harmony in your life again, maybe for the first time ever. that's the God I serve that's the reason why I'm a Christian and look I'm not trying to preach some hyper grace thing where Jesus did everything and we don't have to do anything and we can go live whatever wretched form of ourself we want to live and it's all good and we're all going to heaven no I, we're going to heaven because of our faith in Christ but that also means that we are to seek a life of holiness that we are trying supposed to try to our best ability To be good people, to be like Christ. A natural byproduct of us falling in love with Christ is that we don't want to fulfill those things. Those desires don't disappear overnight. But I can tell you right now, being 10 years into this, my desires are vastly different than what they were when I first got into recovery. Things that I struggled with that I could never see Not being part of my life are now things that I openly do not even want to be around or have anything to do with. And not because I'm all that, because I'm not all that, believe me. You guys that listen to me regularly, you know my heart. That's not how I roll. But it starts with you making the decision to put your hope in God to trust him. It's okay if you've got questions. It's okay if you've got doubts. You think you're the first person to ever have doubts? You're not. I just want you to say this simple little prayer. Lord, take me. I give my life to you. I openly confess that Jesus is Lord, was your son, died on a cross for my sins, and raised from the dead three days later to empower me with power from on high. Fill me with your Holy Spirit, Lord, and help me. Guide me. Teach me to be the best version of myself I can be. Teach me to be like you. Open my eyes to your understanding. In Jesus' holy name I pray, amen. Guys, if you prayed that prayer, leave me a comment in the comment section. Or send me a message on Facebook or Instagram. You can find me Restoration Ministries or the Truth Library podcast. There's pages for both of those. Or just send me a direct message on my, my page. Just look for J.R. Everhart. I want to know what's going on in your life. I want to sow seed into your life. I want to connect you with people who can help you be the person you want to be. If you have found value in this podcast, please consider giving to this ministry. The Truth Labyrinth is only one aspect of Restoration Ministries. We raise money regularly for needy people right here in our own community. Just this past Christmas season, we raised over $1,000 for a woman struggling with spinal cancer and was able to bring hope to someone who had lost all hope. Uh, we've bought handicapped vans for the disabled, we paid utility bills for single moms, and uh, we've paid for hundreds of casual meals for those who were in need of one-on-one counseling but uncomfortable with an office environment. Listen guys, sometimes it's much easier for someone to open up and ask for help over a meal than it is to walk into a counselor's office and lay on a couch. God has and is using Restoration Ministries in ways that break traditional church protocol. I personally believe we have to earn the right to speak into someone's life, and it takes time to build those bridges, many times unraveling years of church hurt and dysfunction. This is what Christian ministries should look like in today's world. God should be glorified through our efforts to help the world around us, but it takes resources to do these things. For years, I've paid for a lot of these things out of my own pocket without hesitation, or I've organized a benefit concert or some kind of fundraising campaign to provide these services for the people that God puts in my pathway. I will continue to give to these causes with everything that I have, but I need your support. It takes money and time to produce this podcast. Many hours go into praying over and organizing these messages, not to mention actually recording the messages and all the post-production editing and stuff that needs to happen with that. This ministry isn't about building an empire. It's about connecting hungry hearts with the fruit of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I have no aspirations of becoming some wealthy preacher or tycoon ministry leader. I am content with the world that I live in, and my little world is pretty peaceful and satisfying. I definitely don't need the drama that comes along with big ministry and tycoon leadership egos. I'm just trying to make my tiny little piece of the world better. I need your support. So please pray about supporting this ministry financially. I will post links in the notes of this podcast so that you can send your gift online. Next, please subscribe to this podcast and leave a review so others can see what's going on here, especially your five-star reviews. Uh, The more you review us, the higher we rank in search listings, and this allows people to discover us easier. Finally, please pray for this ministry pray God will provide for our needs here at The Truth Labyrinth. Pray that God will bring this podcast across the screens of those that need to hear these messages. The Bible tells us that God's ear is upon the lips of the righteous. Guys, He hears our prayers. And we need His constant guidance for each and every podcast and everything that Restoration Ministries does. So pray that He uses this podcast to turn hearts of stone into hearts of flesh and that his truth will turn those hearts toward his eternal mercy and grace. Ah. Hey, thanks for listening to this podcast. My prayer is that it blessed you and brought you a fresh understanding of our lives in this world and our need for unity in Christ. A brush fire of revival in Jesus Christ is our only hope for satisfaction and true joy as we walk out the human experience that is our day-to-day lives. It's been my sincere honor to be your host today at the Truth Labyrinth podcast. Be blessed and be a blessing to those around you. Till next time, I leave you with a scripture from Ephesians 6, 23 and 24 peace be with you dear brothers and sisters and may god the father and the lord jesus christ give you love with faithfulness may god's grace be eternally upon all who love our lord jesus christ